welcome to Teaching Without Losing It. Um, I haven't done an episode for a few months. Things have been um, somewhere between, uh, you know, busy at work and slightly overwhelming. Um, I'll admit I've been uh, pretty lazy lately when it comes to um, committing to this um, podcast. You guys know how it is in the middle of the year. You know, it's somewhere between, you know, surviving and just looking forward to the next break and whatnot. So, um, you know, and as we all know, who've been teaching before, we're entering the end of the year, which is probably the most challenging time for teachers to keep students engaged. Um, so what I want to talk about today is what I think is a pretty fast way to get kids engaged with your material, which can hopefully carry you through to the end of the year for the most part. Um, this is a good technique, I think, to use all year round, but it's particularly important at this time of the year. Um, the technique is to create some sort of personal buy-in with your material. Um, so I teach French, as I've mentioned, and all of you who took foreign language in the past know that this is very easy to do in a foreign language class. Kids love to talk about themselves, and in a foreign language class, we focus very heavily on personal expression. So you may remember when you had foreign language class, you're taught to describe yourself, how to introduce yourself, how to talk about the things you like and you don't like. You know, when you get into more complex tenses, talk about the things you would do or would not do in a particular situation. So in my class, it's easy. Um, in other classes, I think uh, it's not so intuitive to do that, but I think it can be done in a lot of other realms. Um, I'll give you a couple examples that I've thought of. So say that you teach geometry, for example. Um, you know, you could do an activity such as uh, put three house designs up and say to the students, you know, which house would you choose to live in? And mention two geometry formulas that you can clearly see in the design of this house. Or mention two theories that you think were important when it came to designing this house. And then you could even take it a step further. You know, what, um, what do you think would make this a better house? Use a formula that is not shown. Um, now, granted, I'm a math idiot, so I may be <laughs> batting out into left field with that. But if you're a math teacher, I think you get what I'm, what I'm trying to say. You know, with history, it could be something like, you know, look at these three major decisions that were made in World War II. Um, in your opinion, which one of them is a bad decision? And what decision would you have made if you were, say, you know, um, the prime minister of England that would have had a, uh, a better effect on the war. Um, you know, so it's, it's the whole notion of turn it back on them make it about them. You know, teenagers are absolutely self-centered. It's part of adolescence and they don't grow out of it for many years to come. Um, it's actually part of all childhood. We all know this. Um, and the one thing they absolutely love to talk about every day without fail is themselves. So if you can somehow tie your material into their choices, their preferences, their lives, their opinions, then all of a sudden it takes it from a neutral space, which is, for example, look at the picture of this house and name two formulas um, from geometry that we 
um, have studied. Okay, that there's no buy-in there. No buy-in. So if we just take a quick moment and switch it up to something personal, then there's buy-in. And um, I have found in my classes that works for me. Um, and I don't even, I'll even do it with things that don't have a personal buy-in. For example, um, if we study food, um, one of the things I'll do, so we do, I start my class every day with about 10, 15 minutes of speaking activities and I project prompts onto my, um, onto my board and they respond to those. But for example, when we learn food, um, one of the activities will say in French, you know, choose your preference, begin your sentence with, I prefer. And then it'll have like, you know, apple pie or chocolate cake. This is all in French, of course. And they have to say in a complete sentence, I prefer apple pie. So that's a way for them to memorize and to recognize these vocabulary words um, and sort of trick them into making it about themselves. But at the same time, they're learning the words. So, you know, I'm thinking in an English class, for example, say you're doing a you know list of 20 words that have to be memorized by the end of the week. Um, you know, say you had, uh, I don't know, a word like ostentatious and um, self-deprecating. And you could put up there, uh, you know, answer the following questions. Most of my friends are ostentatious or self-deprecating. And they have to answer this and talk about it. Um, I have mine grouped into threes, so they chit chat with each other about it. But you could randomly call on people and they, they'd say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, my friends are what? What? What's ostentatious? Oh, oh, what's self-deprecating? So all of a sudden there's an interest in learning what these words mean because you've applied it to their lives. So to me, that is a quick and fast technique. Uh, it does involve a little bit of thought ahead of time. Um, but once you get the hang of that and start doing it on a daily basis, it, it comes really quickly. So that I think has been very successful for me. Um, I would urge you at the end of the year, if you aren't already doing this to give it a shot, see how things go. And, uh, you know, I'd be very curious to get some feedback from you, um, as far as, uh, how that went. So good luck guys. The end of the year is in sight, uh, at least here in the United States, we usually end, um, in May or June. So, um, I hope that your year has been going well and I will be back with another episode soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening.